Hello. Welcome to this special episode of Terminus. Uh, the death metal guy couldn't make it today. He's hungover listening to Enmity. I am uh, here with Arian from Hidden's Heart Records. How's it going, Arian? It's fine, thanks. How are you? I'm all right. Well, we've just uh, dealt with a few minor minor mic difficulties, and now we're rolling in. So, uh, um, so yeah, Hidden's Heart is sort of the core label of the Dutch scene, and Ariana's also played in a lot of bands, and I'm going to try to rattle them off, and you tell me if I'm, you know, missing anything. But uh, we got uh, Cultus is your main, the main solo project that you're known for. Then you've got uh, another one called Hirvater. Uh, then you are currently playing in Sagenland, whose record we reviewed a few weeks back. And mm-hmm. as well as Untar, uh, and as far as projects outside the Netherlands that I've been following, you you're in he- or you were in Heimdall's Vacht and uh, Pest from Germany, not to be mm-hmm. confused with the uh, with D Pest from Germany. Um, yeah, so I was thinking first, so we should maybe talk about that that recent Sagenland record. So first, so. Uh, Owala, how do you pronounce the title, first of all? Uh, I would say uh, uh, Olegrond. Olegrond? Olegrond, yeah. Grond, it's, uh, oh it's, yeah. It's, yeah, uh, obviously it's, this part of the Netherlands has the, the harsh G, mm-hmm. which uh, the whole world um, probably can't uh, pronounce w- w- without getting uh, uh, a sore throat. But it's... Uh, it's the the uh, which is pretty common in the Netherlands, at least uh, the the northern part. So and uh, grond it just means like soil or earth or land. Okay, cool. So, so yeah, no, a uh, a lot of those. I feel like the the Dutch bands often bring that out, and and I think in uh, the guy from Tarnkop really gargles mm-hmm. the hard the sort of. <sighs> Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, okay, cool. So, and also coming out soon is uh, Ofstan by Keld. How, how would you yeah. pronounce that? Uh, that's actually in Frisian. I don't speak Frisian, but uh, it's uh, Ofstan. Okay. Ofstan. And so Frisian is a separate, that's a North German language? Yeah, or? it's a mix of uh, German, Dutch, and, and English. All right, cool. So um, maybe maybe the word mix is not. Uh, I'm I'm pissing some people off. It's not, <laughs> it's not a. It's not a mix. It's it's actually an official, separate language. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I I guess it grew from the Germanic language tree. Uh, so it invo- evolved into, Frisian. Uh, while other trees evo- uh, uh, br- branches evolved into Dutch and German and English and Danish. Yeah, I, I get that, because there are mentions of Frisians as far back as the time of, you know, Beowulf or whatever, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, so they were just up there with the Saxons and yep. the people who became the Dutch, right. So, yep. um, so yeah, so that's one thing I suppose that these... So we'll be reviewing Ofstan, obviously. Uh, Kjeld is sort of the, um, I feel like, the full-spectrum black metal band of this scene. 
you know, full lineup, big sound, yep. mm-hmm. close closest to the '90s Scandinavian sound. Uh, how would you describe what you're doing with Sagenland? Mm, I would say Scandinavian style black metal, um, and like old Scandin- like a couple of old Scandinavian bands, uh, uh, Satyricon, uh, Ulver, they have a lot of folk-ish uh, mm-hmm. melodies or riffs. It's not, I don't call it folk black metal or folk metal, but it's, uh, you know, you can make harsh, grim black metal with um, folk-ish melodies in your guitar riffs, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. I think I, I, I describe it like that. Yeah, so you're not directly trying to imitate folk music or use, like, flutes. Correct. <laughs> right, right. So, so yeah, so um, so that's interesting. Like, I, I, don't, I don't listen to that much Olver or Satyricon, but I think I hear what you mean. Um, it's got this very lush, melodic sound that's different yeah. from what people usually go to the Norse stuff for. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's... Um, yeah, if you think of, you know, I don't know if you know the term like Norse core. Uh-huh, uh huh. Yeah. It's a uh, people usually associated with uh, Transylvanian hunger. Uh, so that's extremely primitive riffing, and it's it, that's not folkish at all, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just harsh, hateful riffs, um, but. Uh, if you look at like a like I said, uh, Satyricon or, mm-hmm. or the first three Ulver, they have a lot of uh, uh, melodies going on. It's the songs are really w- well written. Um, so that's uh, my opinion, kind of like difference between uh, uh, folk inspired black metal and the ultra harsh uh, stuff. Yeah, yeah. So the ultra harsh stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think for for the younger people listening, also Norse core is a word that was used a lot in the early two thousands to describe <laughs> to describe. Yeah, I mean, Dark Throne, more like Dark Throne clone bands, uh, yeah, and right. uh, um, like Dark Funeral, Marduk kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So. So yeah, no, you, you have this funny note that you put on Sagenland, which I think sums up something about the Heathen's Heart aesthetic too. You say this album follows the tradition of riff, riff-based, well-written, actual yeah. songs. <laughs> and, yeah. And, yeah, it's, it's like a, it's, it's what, I, what I meant, yeah. Yeah, and you've got something like that on the Azenol demo too. Uh, yeah. Uh, raw, raw black metal with lots of creative riffs and melodies and actu- good actual songwriting. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So like yeah so when you're so what then how for Sagenland then how do you try to if if what's at issue is like sort of a kind of is are you trying to achieve a kind of continuity between the melodies do you try to write do you start from like one riff and try to write develop related melodic ideas in a track or yeah that's that's a good description yeah um uh, I'd say a lot of people, and I actually I don't mean it in a bad way necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of bands they just stick some riffs after each other, uh, and uh, and the song is is finished. But mm-hmm. in my opinion, it's 
lot more difficult but more rewarding to write a flowing song uh, it doesn't mean it has to be like a first chorus first chorus bridge mm-hmm. chorus finished um, but for example the the first uh, talker album uh, yes uh, not not the steed album this this the songwriting on this album is pure brilliance what this guy is writing it's the, the just the songs how they are written and the riffs mm-hmm. yeah it's i have no words for th- for uh, for this album but that's Gee. that's what i mean with um with with songs that are like they have a starting uh, a starting point and uh, a well written body mm-hmm. and uh yeah and an ending it's it's all written it's all yeah and there's there's something that makes it like you can like look at uh you know the Sagan Land record probably and be like I mean I think I think I can I can be like this is that song mm-hmm. you know you remember them I remember them by riffs right but I could be like this is that song with that one riff right yeah, yeah. like and there's yeah. this kind of core idea in it whereas on some records for sure you could sort of imagine you could sort of imagine different riffs going like different riffs going in different songs it is it is something to do with the influence on the with the interest in this kind of folk folk ish melody right where if you're if you're writing i guess just like chromatic power chord blast beat riffs you can kind of just put them in whatever order you want exactly yeah yeah, exactly yeah that's an interesting thing about the about uh yes yeah, certainly Sagenland and i think a lot of the other dutch bands uh probably um mm-hmm. certainly cultus also which is your, your you know your solo thing which is uh and hirvater which have these highly this focused minimalist approach that's something i was thinking about um mm-hmm. and you could link it to pest too uh all of these bands to somebody who's new to black metal let's say or mm-hmm. newer they'll have a hard time telling them apart and they'll have a hard time telling what sets um the riffs work in a, in in a more the riffs are not as fla- even though there's this em- emphasis on melody the riffs are not as flashy and they mm-hmm. do things by they they'll do things like you'll sit on a note or a chord longer than another band will um it's it it seems to draw a lot of attention to small changes in mm-hmm. in what you're doing is is I was wondering if you could talk a bit about the sort of minimalism or pairing back. Sagenland obviously has some big, lush melodies, but I still feel like it's got this simplicity to it. Yeah, I think I know what you mean. Um, uh, there's a, it's it's something that I've been well, maybe kind of experimenting with, with yeah, as you as you said, um, trying to keep one or two notes um, and keeping them going throughout the riff mm-hmm. but, and maybe like kind of um, uh, make that uh, 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 a trance-ish in- inducing atmosphere maybe and have some other melodies go around it uh, if you know what yes. I mean um, uh, so you'll have for example for example, on the on the the Cultus album, mm-hmm. there's one track that 
that has an opening riff which is basically just it's three uh, it's a chord of three notes but two of them are changing mm -hmm. the third one the third one is play is played throughout the whole riff and all its uh, 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 repetitions so for maybe one minute or I don't know there, there's this one note that you'll hear the whole time Mm-hmm. And the other and the other two notes are being um, switched or alter alternated. Is is this so the one? Th this is on the record. Uh, Yezetald and Zegarunen. Is that mm -hmm. something? Yeah, correct. Yeah, and so wh which which track is that? The one that has like just that kind of slashing minor chord that just rings for a long time and then has space changing under it. Um, it's. I don't know it's yeah. uh, from my head. I don't know which yeah, yeah, yeah. it is. It's a um, for sure. <laughs> I can just remember one that sounds like how you're describing. You know uh, what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. So you're interested in this kind of like? Do you do you link it to like the use of? Do you see that as like the way the Slavic bands use drone strings in their riffs, or is it is hmm. different? Like, because in if I listen to like. Um, I'd never heard Hirvater before last night, but I was like, I should check it out. And I can hear, like, a lot of Graveland in that or Untar. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah, um, yeah. for example, if you listen to uh, Following the Voice of Blood by uh, Graveland, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there's a couple of... They have this classic kind of uh, pagan black metal riffs uh, where they have an open A string. Mm -hmm. And then on the second string, they'll play... Um, a melody so you'll have the the a string going on the whole time mm -hmm. and then with the other string they'll play a melody like a uh, like a uh, uh, track uh, uh, yes yeah, yeah yeah the intro is like no 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 that's exactly the, this kind of typical uh, the, the, the the a string is being played the whole time and it's while the other string plays the that's kind of it yeah no i i love that track um mm -hmm. i've yeah I've, I've definitely tried to imitate that too um <laughs> that's yeah great great song so other thing other thought i had in terms of the kind of way that you try to shape melodies and write these kind of things do you ever think about like do you, do you, some of the melodies on Sagenland, especially like on the last track, like that da 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 da, you know, it's kind of got this um this singable quality. You could basically mm -hmm. like, do you come up with riffs ever just in your head or sing them, or is it always on the guitar? I would say most of them come while playing guitar, but not always mm -hmm. so there might be moments when i'm just doing whatever mm -hmm. packing orders or brushing my teeth or you know, <laughs> whatever and uh, they'll 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 pop a some melody is going to pop up and i need to grab my guitar right then because else i'm going to forget about it uh, so yeah yeah uh, for sure it both happens. Actually, in the case of this Sagenland track, it was mm -hmm. written completely by uh, by Flores. 
I was going to ask how the so how does the songwriting between you work? Do you just each do different tracks or? Yeah. So yeah. Oh, I guess I should clarify also for our listeners. Uh, Floris is a uh, Floris Veltuis who is also in Asgrau and in Meslamtea, whose uh, new record we reviewed last fall. Um, and uh, so this is the other member of Sagenland who does it with uh, Ariane. Uh, but yeah, so you guys both to seem to have a core role in the songwriting. So how do you manage the collaboration? Yeah, when we started around uh, 2001, 2002, mm-hmm. uh, we, we started writing really as a, as a duo, like uh, sitting together with our guitars and... Uh, coming up with stuff and really writing it together, uh, but um, yeah, he moved away, mm-hmm. and so like many bands were doing uh, everything uh, uh, through the internet, and he's sending me some riffs and I'm, I'll send him some riffs back and yeah, so that yeah. has changed. It has it has changed. Uh, so I think uh, on the on the album. Uh, the last track is 100% him. Mm-hmm. Um, then the opening track is him. Mm-hmm. The second one is mine. Mm-hmm. And then the other three are old style tracks. So, yeah. Nice. Where you'll you'll draw riffs from each guy. Yeah. 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 Correct. Cool. Yeah. He's um. So uh, maybe one thing that links this band, Sagenland, to the sound in Meslamtea and Asgrau is um, this use of these kinds of more um, more major key melodies than you'd normally get in a uh, well, certainly in a nor- in a Scandinavian band. Uh, do you like that that to me is almost like a characteristic thing of the dutch sound it seems to seems to draw on these brighter melodies without ever going like you know just happy do you ever remember a time when you started incorporating more of that or did it just start to happen sort of gradually i think it's just stuff that happens uh at least my technical knowledge Mm-hmm. Is is not um, it's not uh, yeah, I would say it's not really good, uh, not in a way not I mean not in a way like like I'm picturing I'm going to write this in a in a major A scale and then it it's, it um, it evolves into a into a flat uh, C and then mm-hmm. I I don't think like this not at all I uh, <laughs> I just write what's on what's on the guitar word so you're just sort of feeling it out yeah um i think uh, yeah aside from that so well okay here's another way of getting at that idea there's like i feel like there's a distinct maybe the question i'm asking you now would just have more to do with uh sagenland as it relates to a sort of specifically dutch sound or aesthetic how do you try to describe the the mood on that record, like or the feeling, or mm-hmm. what like 
Or, you know, you've got like a landscape painting on the cover. Another, so another thing would be, and it seemed, you seem very interested in the landscape and local history. Mm-hmm. What sort of like, do you, do you like uh, identify the sounds with any specific places or times of day or like weather? You know what I mean? Yeah, so it's kind of a question of how much identity, maybe is the word you can mm-hmm. put in your, in your guitar riffs. At least for me, what I'm, what I'm trying to make, at least with the Sageland album, was kind of um, nostalgic. Uh, well, I don't like to use the word depressive, but uh, kind of like, what's the word? Um, if you're thinking back on something. Uh, or maybe uh, like a, 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 a longing back to something in the past. Yeah, melancholy. Melan- yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you're you're attached to something in the past and you're longing yeah. for it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's the kind of feeling that I that I have. Mm-hmm. For uh, sure. So, mm-hmm. uh, like for example, uh, I think the 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 three acoustic little tracks mm-hmm. i tried to to make them well, i didn't try to make them sound like this or this but i think they captured uh, the, the 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 feeling pretty good yeah yeah those are those are really pretty is it nostalgia identified with a particular sort of particular times and places in in dutch history or is it identified with personal feelings or is it sort of harder to put your finger on mm, it's not that specific no yeah, yeah. for example uh, for example the the lyrics from Untar mm-hmm. uh, I would say the the lyrical state of mind or subject is the same I just write about uh, local history but it can be 50 years ago or it can be 5,000 years ago so yes it, cool it's just stuff from the past that what whatever interests me <laughs> yeah so with untar right untar is more about like uh, i think i remember it used the description is something about like um burial mounds or like megalithic yeah. tombs yeah the, uh, this part of the netherlands has a uh, has a couple of dolmen um, do you notice what yes yeah um so and, and uh, those are five thousand years old. So it's uh, long before Christianity, long before uh, uh, yeah, a lot of stuff. Yeah, it's, sure. <laughs> it's just it's just so interesting. I mean, uh, you can walk through the forest and you see uh, the the burial burial mounts and also the the dolmen. And maybe. Uh, just, how would you describe a dolmen? Because some of our listeners won't know what that is, although they've probably heard other words for it. Yeah, yeah they are uh, um, like um, what's uh, uh, in the UK, um, Stonehenge, but a lot smaller. <laughs> yeah, they're sort of like they're kind of like it's not just one. One rock would be like a no. menier or a mega, m- m- but yeah, like correct. two of the, they're like structures made with them, right? 
Correct, correct. They're like uh, like little houses made out of huge, huge, big, heavy uh, stones. So they um, uh, they used to bury people, important people from 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 tribes in them, mm-hmm. with their belongings. Uh, they would cover them up with a with a uh, one big heavy stone on top. So you have like a little structure, a little a little house grave. Um, and yeah. then they would, they, they, in some cases, they would cover all of that up with uh, soil. So you'll, ha- so you'll have um, a burial mound, uh, or uh, or these um, the stone graves. Cool. Yeah. So okay, I see. So some dolmens would actually. So some dolmens also have a burial mound built into them. Yeah, or, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, and so that's like basically like the most elemental aspects of a house, but made with stone. Yeah, and it's a grave, so yeah. it, it's not like people lived in it. It's yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. a grave. So uh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. So as far as yeah, a thing that connects maybe Sagenland to Kjeld is this interest in really specific regional history. Um, which is interesting because if you're from the U.S., right, and the U.S. is uh, way too big for its own good, right? But mm-hmm. uh, so we think of the Netherlands as a small country, but yeah. you the, you seem particularly devoted to this region of Sagenland, right? Yeah, this is actually very interesting to me. Uh, I've been in the U.S. Uh, twice, mm-hmm. and it's a it's a huge huge country. Um, but when I think of Europe, uh, indeed, you have. Um, you have these very small um, areas, maybe, or li- like, for example, like Frisia or the part where I live. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems, it seems there are um, just a lot more and smaller regions. Yes, yeah. that makes sense. I, they did some sort of um, genetic survey in the UK a couple of years back. This was like some big thing, you know, they published in the BBC or whatever, where they found that like a very, a surprisingly large number of people in the UK uh, outside the cities uh, could be basically traced in their regions back, you know, like a thousand years or more, you know. Um, Yeah. Like there's a little bit of movement, but you sort of stay kind of where you are. America drives, we've got our kind of economy and our kind of allergy to history and this kind of idea of constantly moving on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, 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 people see it as normal to move all over the place for work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It makes sense because... Um There's there's probably no more, oh well, just very little original American inhabitants left. Every almost every inhabitant of the U.S. is from somewhere else, from Europe or, well, actually <laughs> from Europe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, yes, exactly. So, yeah, from Europe and now from you know from a lot of places, and so it's. Mm. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. There's this kind of um. If you want to place the history of the, you know, yeah, I don't know what, you know, um, 
dominant culture might be putting it too strongly, but the sort of the history of the sort of the culture out of which the United States grew, right? This kind of like mm -hmm. Anglo-Protestant modern world thing. Yeah, its history mm -hmm. only goes back. <laughs> yeah, it's all the most annoying parts of British culture, and its history goes back 400 years. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah, for sure. So, in and yeah, in Europe that hasn't, although the same, many of the same historical processes have happened there, mm -hmm. the thread hasn't been cut in the same way. Yeah, it's for example, it's interesting. For example, um, you can you can spot this really well in uh, uh, dialects and, and accents of people. I mean, if I uh, if I drive my car with half an hour, people will have a different accent, uh, and they and they will say, "Ah, you are from there and there." Uh, and if I drive to the other side of well, if I drive to Amsterdam or Rotterdam. They're gonna notice my my accent right away, and they're gonna they're gonna call me a farmer. Because, <laughs> yeah, because my accent is from the I'm from the east of the Netherlands, on the, the border region with uh, with Germany, mm -hmm. and my accent is like a well, they everyone would say it's a farmer accent. Do you do you come from a farming family? And nah, not no, mm -hmm. but. It's 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 a rural area over here, so people yeah. are going to say, "Oh, you're all farmers." Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. That's um. So yeah, that is. I did get that impression that the scene mm -hmm. around Heaton's Heart is very much um, not the Amsterdam scene. Is that mm -hmm. true? Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. I was born on this on the countryside, um, and. Well, I like to I like to visit Amsterdam or Rotterdam mm -hmm. or The Hague, but uh, that's it. Uh, I visit there uh, one or two days, and but then I uh, it's just so crowded and. Uh. One th one question would be like, so uh, you were saying about Keld, right? They seem to identify with this Frisian heritage, mm -hmm. and as you say, you couldn't really describe Frisian as a mix of English and. Dutch and German because it grew up at the same time as them or before modern German and modern, you know. Uh, yeah. So it's like their their region doesn't really, it's got its own identity and it doesn't really belong in any of those big nation states. Do you feel like, do, do you feel more connected to say like, do you feel connected more to where you're from than the Netherlands as a whole? Um, you know what I mean, or is it more like is it more like both of them because where you're from is in the Netherlands? <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get it. Uh, there, yeah, um, you could notice a different um, what's the, a different kind of uh, attitude in people in the in the cities. Um, people will be more anti-social, anti well, maybe not anti-social, but they'll 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 start. Well, <laughs> this uh, is also kind of interesting because the part where I live, there are hardly any shows at all. So, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, I know I I used to I came up in New York City, and when I 
when I went to shows there, a lot of mm-hmm. it was standing around with your arms crossed. Mm-hmm. You know, so and then I I, I moved I moved back elsewhere, and then I was like, mm-hmm. oh dang, this is fun. <laughs> it's uh yeah. So so shows basically are in the cities. Um, here would be another way of getting at it. So like, how would you? So when I think of the Dutch scene, I'm basically thinking of Heedens Heart and these related bands that are all playing this spectrum of stuff that goes from like heathen barbarian black metal to kind of this more melancholy romantic black metal, uh, mm-hmm. like Sagenland, right? And and they all kind of mixed together, right? A lot of them have Asgrau has bits of both, um, but like there are other there are like other parts of the Dutch scene. And so how does what you have connect to them? So for instance, is like, um, I got, you know, uh, so bands like Turia and Laster, those are city bands, right? I feel like I I know like Fluisterars you're somewhat connected to, right? Uh, No, not really. No? Uh, No. I know... I, th- I think I know one of them by by face, mm-hmm. but uh, no, not really connected. No. Maybe but, I associate, yeah. maybe I associate it musically because of the rural, the sort of rural thing mm-hmm. and the kind of psychedelic vibe. But so those bands are their own kind of those kind of arty kind of yeah. That's its yeah, own that's, thing. Yeah, that's what I was gonna uh, say as well. Arty. Um, yeah, at least uh, uh, Luster is definitely from the city, and those guys I know, uh, I used to work with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, I think uh, we have some differences in opinions and motivations to make music, which is fine. Everyone sure. uh, has their own motivations, um, but they, they they seem to be they seem to go for this arty. Um, picture or mm-hmm. yeah, 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 for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a little more. Um, I think there's definitely an an art to what your group of bands does, but it's it's understated, and it's not uh, it's not related to city art culture or like uh, you know. I, I think like Laster is a I think like Laster is a really good band, but they're uh, it's definitely um, it definitely belongs. It's definitely more like a good version of art school black metal, right? <laughs> it's uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So okay, so that's its own thing. Um, other thing. So then let's talk about we're talking about the Dutch scene. We could also shift to the label. Why don't we talk about the history of... Why don't we talk about the early roots of the Dutch scene, and then we'll bridge that over to the label, because it'd be great mm-hmm. to talk about Heaton's Heart's history. So maybe we could set this in... Like, you founded the label in 1998. What yeah, were things like, like back then? <laughs> uh, what I remember is a kind of... Um, uh, uh, enthusiasm um, mm-hmm. getting letters from uh, from unknown people from all over the world um, 
and uh, 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 discovering new new bands new totally new sounds and discovering new people um, yeah that's how it was like so you were at that point more turned outside you were focused on contacts outside the netherlands and being in touch with this broader black metal scene that was emerging yeah i think so uh, i started the label to to promote uh, my own band Cultus, um, mm -hmm. uh, I, I wasn't I wasn't looking for contacts specifically outside or inside of the country, just whoever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Were you the only person you knew basically doing things like that at that time, and then and where where you were? Um, no. Um, no, no, there were a couple of small labels, but they all ceased to exist, except for uh, except for one, maybe. Mm -hmm. Oh, I was thinking more even in terms of bands, like Cultus. Mm -hmm. So, like, were there any other... Um, who were the other active Dutch bands at that time? Because I feel like a lot of the names I know started to come more around the 2000s. Mm -hmm. Uh at that time, maybe uh, 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 Funeral Winds, Mordai um, mm -hmm. uh, uh, Hot from the south of the Netherlands. Yes, Mordai um, Hot is cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, at that time, uh, uh, Tartaros from uh, the, the Dutch one, mm -hmm. um, Countess, of course. Mm -hmm. uh, 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 yeah. Uh, Countess is a name that you don't hear very much anymore, but when I was getting into the music, Countess was pretty well known. Um, mm -hmm. For people who have not heard of them, how would you explain Countess? Because it's not a kind of sound you hear much these days. No, they, they just released a brand new album, actually today. Mm -hmm. um, I would describe it as a... Like... Uh, kind of mix a mix of heavy metal and black metal with a heavy uh, uh, manowar vibe mm. uh, yeah nice yeah uh, that's <laughs> interesting i didn't associate them with that's gonna i'm gonna have to go back people would always talk about countess as sounding a lot like bathory yeah but they changed the sound uh, they've been around forever but uh, mm -hmm. they, they changed the sound a bit they started as extremely primitive uh, 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 battery uh, influenced band he has the first album it's like total uh, under the sign of the black mark and um, mm -hmm. and the return uh, but after the first album basically everyone left except uh, Orlok mm -hmm. and they, they did a couple more primitive albums but then the sound started to evolve in a kind of uh, more epic-ish, more um, uh, more bombastic sounds. I, I'm gonna have to check that out. I, I love Man of War. Uh -huh. <laughs> so, at that time, then when you founded the label, like that would have been right when that would have been like the Norwegian scene and the Swedish scene would have been. Well, the Norwegian scene would have been, you know, in its on its last legs. The Swedish scene would have been 
still pretty strong. Uh, were you in touch with any of those bands at that time? Mm, no. <laughs> All right. At that time, there were a couple of obscure uh, uh, chat rooms. Yeah, well, now, now that I think of it, there were a couple of Scandinavians, at least. So just people, yeah. yeah, people you were, people from the scene that you were gen generally in touch with on these chat rooms or whatever. Yeah, yeah, correct, correct, yeah. Mm -hmm. in, in terms of, like, building collaborations or whatever, then, it was probably hard to find people to play with. The scene in the Netherlands, also at that time, uh, uh, you had in the east, um, I mean, sorry, in the west you had a, um, there's one famous venue in, in uh, Rotterdam. Uh, which was around already then for maybe already more than 10 years uh, so there was a there was a big scene of people at that time already uh, in, in Rotterdam you have the uh, funeral winds guys uh, guys from uh, Sinister um, yeah. Word. was Sinister a death metal band? Is yeah that? yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, wait, look at this. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a sinister as, yeah, I, I know that logo. Yeah, Cro cross the sticks. Mm -hmm. Got it. Okay, so, so you've, so it sounds then maybe more like you started your own thing in your own region in 98, and you've kind of just been doing your own thing since then. Is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I would uh, I would describe it as a uh, independent for sure since the beginning. Yeah. Got it. Yep. I started I started doing uh, doing demos and producing them at the at the local supermarket at the at the uh, uh, using the, the Xerox machine to uh, to make uh, tape covers. Awesome. So that's how that's how it started back then and it, it was totally independent and um well it still is for sure uh yeah. so okay so in terms of uh in terms of the development of the label i was wondering if you could talk about maybe three if you had to pick like maybe three or four iconic releases since then since the beginning that you would say were important to the label what would those be um, doesn't you know do, doesn't have to be the ones that you know sold the most or that got the best response uh -huh. just things that you mm -hmm. think are really representative maybe at least one of my personal favorites is the ancestors belt uh when forest goals mm-hmm um well, actually, I need to I need to see a list from all this stuff because I don't <laughs> remember it. Mm. So, well, t tell t tell uh, tell us about that. So, that's a ancestors' blood is a uh, yeah. So, when the forest calls, you've you've done a split with them too, right? As your yeah, daughter, correct? Yeah, yeah. I think ancestors' blood is like total uh, uh, Norwegian style sound. Also from the from the nineties, maybe like Gehenna uh, um, uh, uh, or Obtained Enslavement or the first uh, uh, Dimmu Borgi, they have this big epic keyboard sound. Mm -hmm. uh, 
Oh, I could hear I could hear Gehenna or Gehenna. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of slow, right? Or slow relative to what yeah. we usually think of Norwegian black metal as. Yeah, correct, correct. It, it's got a lot of uh, mid-tempo parts or upbeat. It's not ultra-fast blasting, no, no, no. Yeah. I often associate, to me, I often associate the Heathen's Heart bands or bands like that with um, Hades and maybe mm -hmm. tr Treldom. Are those, mm -hmm. yep. Yep. Uh, are those bands that have been influences? Treldom for sure. Well, maybe not not like not in a way like oh, I want to sound like Treldom, but mm -hmm. uh, all three albums from Treldom to me are really really good. So maybe uh, yeah, for sure. Well, we could talk about your work with Pest, right? Or um, I guess that's another part of the label. Really, is it seems like you do a lot of reissues now. Like these, like it seems like last year you put out a fair number of reissues. And the year before, you were reissuing all this stuff by Pest, and then yep. also a bunch of stuff by more... Oh, wait, you know, before we go there, in terms of label history, talk about Black Death. Because mm -hmm. you've been releasing stuff by them for a long time, right? And they sound kind of different from some of the rest of the stuff on your label. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I started to... I approached uh, guys from Black Death regarding their debut. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, I did a tape version from their debut mm -hmm. uh, and then from there on uh, I think they sent me at the time their latest album uh, or they, they were looking for a new label because well they didn't have any mm -hmm. um, So I first I released that album Phobos 2013 and I booked a couple of shows for them. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the, basically the first tour for them outside of uh, Russia. Oh, nice. And um, yeah, their music is uh, is quite different than what I usually release. Um, but um, I really like the music first. But I really appreciate their dedication to what they are what they're doing. The they really have a completely unique style of guitar riffs. Um, their own style of vocals and bass playing and drums. It's its totally unique and it's highly underrated. And yeah. I, uh, uh, I totally support and respect those guys and I want to give them my support by uh, pressing their albums. Awesome. So it's, it's been a long time since I've heard Black Death. I think when I first heard them, I was too young to really get it. Um, mm -hmm. How would you how would you explain their sound? Because it doesn't sound like um, it doesn't sound like Slavic black metal no, particularly. Not at all. No, correct. They started uh, the old uh, first two albums are extremely primitive and harsh. Mm -hmm. But if you listen to the last. Uh, four or five albums you'll I would describe it as um, maybe avant-garde style riff mm -hmm. riffs but but without the um, in a way avant-garde to me sounds like it's um, well maybe not easy, easy listening but it's stuff that you well 
that you can understand easily. Like maybe, <laughs> yes. Yeah, I don't know if that sounds <laughs> like I like I want. Maybe like for example, if you listen to Wet uh, Bunes Ende or Virus, mm-hmm. to me that that's avant-garde style riffs, but it's not. It's not extremely harsh, unlistenably crazy. But if you listen to the last uh, four Black Dead albums, to me they have a. It's really avant-garde riffs and melodies and song structures. But it's not produced uh, like like it's easy on the ears. It's really harsh and and hateful and. Hmm. I sure think I think I sense. see. No, no, I think I totally see what you mean. That's I mean that's honestly kind of in line with how we think about this stuff on the show. It's like often the stuff that seems the most often the stuff that seems the most arty that tells you how arty it is is yeah. the least interesting, and often the stuff that gets billed as avant garde is not particular is yeah really polished i mean if you think about like death spell omega right good 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 band great band but like you could hardly say that all these bands influenced by death spell omega they play these like really dissonant scronky sounding Mm -hmm. chords but it's such polished music and you know exactly what you're gonna get Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's correct yes yeah, and so Black Death maybe uses they Black Death writes more in like a riff oriented tradition that comes from Norway, right? They're sort of like or something like that. They they write like these really dissonant, bizarre riffs mm-hmm. that yeah, with the kind of uh, uh, staccato riffs even at at, at sometimes. Um, then the vocal the vocals is this kind of screeching uh, vocal style in German. Uh, the guy sings and writes everything in German, which is, of course, totally strange for a Russian band. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just the whole package makes the band. Um, yeah. <laughs> strange. <laughs> no, for sure. That that's um. So it's yeah. It's it's idiosyncratic. Yeah, I, I remember. It sounds kind of like death metal, but it's definitely not black death metal. But maybe I, I, uh, I would recommend if some people are interested, if you check the latest album, Phantasm uh, House Gori, it may have the, the least harsh production since mm-hmm. maybe four or five albums. Uh, it, has, it has been uh, mixed by the, uh, Thomas from uh, uh, Abigor. Mm-hmm. And he, he added a couple of uh, keyboards. And um, overall, the sound is a bit less harsh mm-hmm. but the compositions are still uh, maniacal and uh, just crazy but uh, the sound is a little bit <laughs> easier
So I guess what strikes me about that is its clarity compared to other really dissonant stuff. There's a continuous sense of melody, but the melodies are just really, really harsh and weird. And and how does how do you distinguish the writing on here from their earlier stuff? The the old stuff also has kind of strange chords, mm-hmm. but but the song structures are a lot more primitive. The 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 song structures go to this Transylvanian style, Transylvanian hunger style. Uh, a B A B. So it's a lot less complex, uh, and together with the with the more harsh production, it's it's uh, the the first two records are really extreme. Does this come from Dark Throne? It's very hard to even place exactly what what sort of. Uh, I could hear how this relates <laughs> to like. Um, you know, like the weirder the songs on Transylvania, or not Transylvania Hunger, on Under a Funeral Moon or something. Mm-hmm. Now, if you if you ask the guy about uh, about his riffs, he'll just say something like, "I'm influenced by by Bursum, uh, <laughs> or some other, yeah, or Darktron, or Mayhem." So he's not influenced by, as far as I know, at least he's not influenced by any of these modern. Avant-garde, like Despel Omega, I don't think he's influenced by that at all. I, he may not even know those those albums. <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah, and it's to me it's uh, it's kind of odd because those riffs have nothing nothing to do with uh, with Burson. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you've got to hear. My guess is that you hear a different thing in Burzum. You hear the sort of yeah. pagan folky sound, but there's some really, there's some pretty ugly riffs in Burzum. Yeah, actually, Burzum's of course a unique band, even even just music-wise, because his stuff goes from, yeah, from this primitive uh, black metal to this upbeat. Rhythm stuff and then the the philosophum monotomous material very atmospheric. So he he did a lot of different styles actually. Yeah, I mean, there's something. Yeah, there's all these. I feel like there's at the beginning of the sound in Norway in the early '90s. There were all these different variations on it made by this group of bands. And when it gets picked up by other people, mm-hmm. they pick up on very small parts of that. And you get like the Norse core or whatever. Yeah. Whereas I guess something that ties this guy to like, yeah, this guy's, this guy's picking up on very specific things about those that like you can i guess i can hear how this relates to dark throne and burza man mayhem <laughs> mm-hmm. but those are all he's hearing something completely different in them probably yeah yeah and i feel like a lot of the hidden's heart bands kind of do that too where you guys have this alternate history of black metal you know what i mean it's like different norwegian bands are important to you right you're more interested in like yeah, yeah. Over no, than mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, that's correct. That's correct. Um, 
yeah, a lot of those, a lot of the old Norwegian bands, they started out as uh, primitive, dead trash, maybe like like mm-hmm. like the very old Dark Throne. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the the uh, very old immortal is like dead trash stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? What have we got? Of course, the the bands uh, 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 Satyricon before they uh, before they went under the name Satyricon. It was also primitive dead trash. So mm-hmm. yeah, I guess all those bands kind of started with that sound and then they um, evolved into their own style. With, with their own riffs and yeah yeah i feel like satiricon is a band that's not talked about much anymore um i yeah. i've never been able to get that into them uh but well you know here's a weird thing satiricon and ulver are both from outside the core circles of like the 90s right they were both seen as been a little bit later um, or, or I think they were like a little bit younger than those other guys. I think I think they were less involved in the uh, in the in the scene around uh, Hel- Helvet uh, uh, shop. Yeah, that's kind of what I meant. Yeah. 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 Correct. Correct. Yeah. 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 yeah fair enough. Makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Um. So yeah. So okay. So he's got his kind of alternate history of black metal where he picks up on all the parts of it that are um. I don't know the least uh, the least entertaining. <laughs> yeah, 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 that makes sense. There's no desire to please, and it's all these aspects of the early bands that kind of relate to death metal, but definitely aren't death metal. Um, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. And there's something really ambitious too about when people ask you what you're influenced by. There's something really ambitious. It's like you know, if you're a rock band, if someone is like, "Hey, what are you influenced by?" You're just like, "Yeah, Elvis," <laughs> right? You know, or you know, the Beatles. Right, yeah, there's yeah, something. Correct. I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's very confident. Um, a lot of, um, one of the other label, a, a label that we've we've sort of collaborated a lot with. Um, but one of our friends, um, there's a death metal label called Hessian Firm. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do really good stuff, and a lot of their bands are very focused on just like uh, basically trying not to even imitate stuff from after 1995, but like taking it. Not not in terms of like these, but trying to do original music based on like they're just like okay we like we just like the best death metal so we just <laughs> listen to like you know sentenced north from here and you know morbid angel yeah, yeah, yeah. try to build it all from that other bands yeah related to the label and history yeah let's talk a little bit about pest because that band seems important to you and maybe also important to the general wing of black metal that interests you most pest is maybe the best example i've i i got from you i got their first record from you the last year and today i went through and listened to a little bit more of their later stuff pest Mm -hmm. is like the extreme of this really disciplined minimal sound but uh what how did you find them what set them apart to you because you've probably been listening to them since like 2004 or whenever they started out earlier than that yeah earlier i got their their first demo uh from from an old uh, distro at uh, at that time mm-hmm. so 2001 or something mm-hmm. i don't i have no idea um and what uh 
what I liked at that time was the the vocals, this hysterical Bursum style, high high pitched uh, vocal style, mm-hmm. um, and the guitars, the guitar riffs were like, um, yeah, I don't know, just something that uh, stood out to me. And then uh, a couple of years later, I they they released a, a Vado Mori album, and mm-hmm. when I got that one, I listened to it uh, uh, just all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they they have uh, they they're doing the um, the style of riffs that I like, but the overall sound is a bit more uh, aggressive, maybe. Maybe because of those vocal of the vocal style, uh, there's more blast beats. It's faster, just overall more aggressive. Uh, that um, I don't know why, but I think that that maybe what I like about them. Yeah, it's definitely crazy. It's um, it sounds a little bit like um, you describe you described them as uh on your reissue of their first record. Uh, on this album, Pest displayed how they are prime forerunners of original European black metal that does not sound mm-hmm. like Burzum or Dark Throne. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, because uh, you'll have you'll have many bands that do the, the Burzum riffs or the, the Dark Throne mm-hmm. riffs. Yeah, in my opinion, they, they, they sounded unique since they started. Like this demo that I mentioned. Yeah. To me, at least, uh, I don't know, I'm not uh, telling the truth. I mean, I'm just uh, telling my opinion. Mm-hmm. But to me, uh, they, they sounded already original at, at that demo. So. Well, it's it's interesting too because often you build more. I don't know. You know, you add things or whatever. Mm-hmm. But if anything, their riffing style, especially on that first record, is like just as minimal, if not more minimal, than Burzum or Darkthrone. Yeah, maybe the songs are not. It's not hugely complex stuff. No, hmm. no, correct. And it's difficult to do that. Like it's difficult to sort of uh, listen to these two super primitive. You know, you you have these these super primitive Norwegian bands that then you set out to do so. You're just do something equally primitive, and it starts from a completely different place. I yeah. I, I was thinking about past as maybe like. What would you say about the idea that past is black metal that has basically nothing to do with heavy metal that it like it reminds me the most of like misfits earth ad hardcore mm-hmm. yeah maybe i think yeah it could be i think uh the the main songwriter maybe in uh, into those kind of genres as well mm-hmm. so there's a good possibility that uh, some some of that uh seeped into his songwriting did you listen to much hardcore or punk no no (laughs) no (laughs) (laughs) that's interesting because like there is this so many many of your bands and the bands at Heathen's Heart have this kind of focused minimalism emphasis on like how can changing one chord or two chords make a riff unique that mm-hmm. all to me, I associate with the best hardcore songwriting, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and uh, sort of uh, what? Yeah, go, go ahead. Sort of just simpler song structures and things like that. But like the good bands, right? There are tons of awful hardcore bands, right? But the good bands are like 
trying to get a lot of mileage out of deliberately limited parts. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I have to admit, no, I'm not uh, familiar with hardcore and pro- at all, really. Nothing. <laughs> Interesting. So, like, do you... So, what are your feelings then about, like... I think, you know, like, I think... In some ways, I think that Hidden's Heart um, is... I suppose the wing of black metal I come from in the U.S., mm-hmm. most of the people now who are really... In my generation, I'm 32, right? Who are really ser- serious about black metal mm-hmm. come from some sort of punk or hardcore background. Some mm-hmm. of those guys... Some of the people from the punk scene became total posers, right? They became Cascadian black metal or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, like, uh, other people got into other shit. Uh, but these sort of punk-influenced black metal people really like Pest and really like Cultus. Because mm-hmm. they have this sort of minimal just... And, you know, that sort of one-two drumming. boop da boop da boop da boop da Yeah, it's like a... Maybe that's... Um, especially in Pest, maybe that's what... what uh, can appeal to uh, to punk or, or hardcore audience yeah. yeah so so what do you feel so then how does you how do you relate to like heavy metal then because when I hear some of the stuff in like like do you like uh, stuff like new wave of British heavy metal or thrash metal or what how, how do you feel about that sort of thing uh, a couple of bands in heavy metal genre were like uh, a, a gateway bands into metal for me when I was uh, 16 or 14 or whatever. Mm-hmm. I would I would buy tapes from uh, Iron Maiden and uh, uh, Megadeth. Mm-hmm. But um, I didn't stick around into in, in heavy metal bands all that long. Uh, so I know a couple of... Uh, I know... Uh, the big names, yeah, Iron Maiden, Megadeth, and uh, well. Yeah. So outside of black metal, then what are you? What are you listening to? No, a bit of death and then doom metal, but also nail folk and uh, a bit of jazz, a bit of Nick Cave. Nice. Uh, so what kind of okay interesting so like yeah neo folk I you you did you put out that Volsensman album a few years ago, which one sorry, uh Volsensman Volsensman did you yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. yes yeah oh I yeah Volsensman that makes sense yes mm-hmm. yeah it's brilliant what this guy is it's a, it's kind of what I what I uh, how I described best as being European uh, black metal and and not being a Burzum clone. To me, Volkensman is doing neo-folk without being a Death in June clone. <laughs> yes. Uh, I mean, I, I, I like, uh, I, I really love some of the some Death in June albums, but it's got this minimalistic songwriting, which everybody copies. Uh, but Volkensman to me is like really uh, well-written conceptual songs. With the, again with the beginning and the end and yeah it's really really exceptionally good. Yeah, each song on that record is different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not like a yeah, it's not three chords in a riff, a couple of uh, repetitions and that's it. No. 
Yes, Death in June. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge Death in June fan, but certainly mm-hmm. some of their albums are better than others. And it's certainly yeah, it's really hard to imitate because yeah, and, and everyone it's so deceptive because like those records that are just about the strummy three chord guitar mm-hmm. <laughs> are actually about everything else, like the uh-huh. the vocals and the lyrics and the no- the weird noises in the background. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, you you would think the guy of the, the music is just uh, three chord drift and that's it. But yeah, he's got all kinds of effects going on in the background. Uh, also, the the actual lyrics are of course part of the songwriting, and his lyrics are very good. And yeah, so yeah, you're correct. Yeah, yeah. Do you have, do you have a favorite Death in June record? Uh, Rose Clouds, mm. probably. That's uh, yes. That's is that is one of the that's one of the early neo folk ones, right? Yeah, no, yes. I, I I know that one, yeah. mm-hmm. and that one has some very catchy tunes on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for I think from that era, I prefer what ends with a cymbal shatter. But yeah, yeah, sure. uh, that's yeah, of course, uh, yeah, 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 it's the seconds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, those are definitely two of the records that are imitated the most, and that's where everyone mm-hmm. goes wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so Volkensman, it's like he's trying to do a specifically kind of English folk sound. Yeah, as far as I know, his lyrics are very uh, researched. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, he even uh, included, with, uh, or not included, but he, he wrote in, um, a, little, uh, a little book to accompany the, the lyrics from the second album. So it's like he created one big story and then with the story he wrote the book and and the lyrics all about that subject uh, so it's 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 a it's a big project or a big um, a big hole so to say yeah yeah sort of a fully complete artwork 360 yeah yeah correct yeah yeah oh, and i guess i guess in that way it is you know it's like he's imitating the method of death in june because that's death in june's method but he's yeah, not okay. it, mm-hmm. Not imitating the style at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um. So he. So yeah, and and aside from him, you have some other contacts with the English scene. So um, which you know, and I think you were dealing with them long before there was a solid UKBM scene. Um, but like you did Forefather and Ildra. You've just done a lot of Ildra reissues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been working with Ildra since their first or second demo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yep, then I did the, the the debut, and they are it's one of my best-selling uh, bands from the label. Uh, they uh, they they yeah. I think their their style is also it's really well well written and. He also makes a lot of work. Uh, he puts a lot of work into in the details of the lyrics and and the concept behind the album. So he uses the old English la- language, mm-hmm. which is not common. So you you have to research about it first. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have you have to put a lot of effort into creating a whole concept like that. So for sure. And he was doing that. Yeah, I mean, in two thousand and 
four. That's I mean the guy from Vol- Volkensman or Volkensman, Dan Cap. That was he. He was in Winterfell. He plays in Winterfelloth too. But I yeah. think Ildra was doing that before Winterfelloth. Yes. Yeah. Um, and they sound more like Ildra is more of a kind of epic Bathory Graveland kind of band, yeah. right? Correct. Yeah. 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 We talk on this show about how I like stuff that's like uh, mid-tempo barbarian bashing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Il- Ultra is very much like that. That's a super mysterious project, too. Are you able to give any hints as to any connections that guy might have, or do you have to be totally... Yeah, no, I'm afraid I can't. <laughs> For sure. Understood. Part of the mystique. I just I just figured I'd ask. Um, yeah, yeah, sure. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, so Ilja's cool. Um, you know, yeah, Forefather also one of the best kept secrets. Totally, the the Forefather is again to me uh, a typical ex- typical example of writing riffs and writing songs. They they improved with every album, really. Uh, the first uh, one or two, it's pretty primitive, A B A B style riffing. Uh, they they really uh, evolved and uh, the way of songwriting on um, steadfast for example um, mm-hmm. uh, just to me it's just pure brilliance <laughs> just how the songs flow and again the lyrics and vocal pattern writing and yeah Stead, steadfast has a very rock and roll quality to it yeah, maybe, yeah, it's, it's upbeat, it's fast, it's, uh, yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah. It's like Motorhead, you know, like, like, well, it, British heavy metal. I'm not a big fan of Motorhead, so. Oh, no? No. Interesting. What what don't you like about Motorhead? I, I, <laughs> it's maybe too primitive, or just... I get yeah. what you mean. I think <laughs> I would, I was, I was bullshitting with my friend a while ago and i think we were you know i think we both agreed that motorhead might be a little bit overrated um which is a blasphemous thing to say but uh yeah (laughs) there's a couple of big bands that i don't like like a motorhead ecdc or venom i i I don't care if (laughs) it's i just no Oh, you just don't you you know what it is? You just want stuff that sounds you don't like stuff that sounds bluesy. You want stuff that sounds European. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Yeah, Beca- maybe. I mean, I think like Motorhead is Motorhead's a weird band because Well, they were certainly really important to me when I was a kid because like it was you know, I guess at that time I listened to like Black Flag, a hardcore band, or like, mm-hmm. and Motorhead were two classic bands I knew. And Motorhead was way closer to what I ended up liking, you know, sort mm-hmm. of just, uh, um, but I feel like you could count on if your interests are in black metal or extreme metal more generally, I feel like I could count maybe 10. Motorhead's put out a lot of albums. They've been very mm-hmm. consistent in some ways, but I could probably count 10 or 15 songs from that that I would really rate as ones that I really like. Mm-hmm. It's like very much like a, like a rock band. It's very oriented to... I feel like... I guess what I mean is I like the Motorhead songs that are the most stupid and primitive. There we mm-hmm. go. <laughs> so like... <laughs> 
like uh, overkill is like three chords for mm-hmm. six minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, the double bass pedal. I, I I like that. But their songs they have that are like rock and roll songs or like boogie woogie songs. Don't like. Uh-huh. Yeah. Don't or don't like as much. I like them just as like solid rock and roll. Uh-huh. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like Forefathers got a bit of that, just in the sense that they have these on that record at least. Yeah, they're these kind of double pedal beats and these kind of like um sort of like hook oriented vocals. Mm-hmm. Mm. To me, uh, maybe the later albums, not so much Motorhead, but uh, there's a kind of power metal-ish vibe because of all the uh, because of all the double bass works and uh, yeah, maybe the, the style of riffing here and there. But that yeah. makes sense. That makes sense. So, like, when you think of so that's actually a thing that's been happening on the show is that my co-host, the death metal guy, um, mm. he, whereas I grew up listening to like hardcore and stuff, he grew up like he, you know, he was a kid with really long hair. He like listened to power metal and stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, we've had some unusual comparisons from him of things that I wouldn't, would never associate with power metal. He's been like, Oh, this sounds like power metal. Cause mm-hmm. All I basically know from that is stuff like Manila Road, which is American. So, like for you, what would what would be your like power power metal reference points from Europe? Maybe uh, uh, Sabaton. It's uh, this horrible, over the top, uh, yeah, power metal, heavy metal. Uh, <laughs> I don't, even, I don't even know. I, do, I yeah. I mean, I think I, I mean Sabaton is fun, but yes, it's. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so you're not a power metal fan. You just think no. it sounds a little like power metal. Got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and also, obviously, those guys are huge Iron Maiden fans. Um, yeah. Oh, I guess the one last label-related question. You did a reissue last year. A really. It seems like, yeah, so, like, what other labels, I think, spend a lot of time focused on putting out new stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you devote a lot of time to reissues. Um, so for instance, last year you reissued, in addition to the pest stuff and sort of old Ildra stuff and whatever, which there is kind of this cult demand for, and mm-hmm. which, you know, you were kind of played with pest for a while and what whatnot. Um, you often reissue stuff that they're, that you think is really important and that there appears to be virtually no audience for. So I'm thinking of, I'm story of my life. Yeah, so I'm thinking of du- Rock and Woynar. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> from last year. What? What? So, w- w- tell me about. I played Rock for a few. F- I I ordered that record from you, and I I, I really like it. Um, uh-huh. and I order I played that for a couple of my friends who are into like pretty, yeah. pretty fucked up shit, right? And um, yeah. they heard that and they were like, "I don't think this is good for your mental health, bro." <laughs> <laughs> But to me, to me, rock is really fun. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, uh, it's it's, uh, it's also one of the demos that, that I that I got uh, that I heard uh, well around the two thousands. The mm-hmm. this ontgrafenis it means uh, like de burial. Mm-hmm. It's an uh, is a word that doesn't really exist. Uh, but that that demo is just so. So extreme. The vocals are 
really extremely music is so, so pure, uh, primitive and hateful. So I listened to this for maybe uh, for 15 years on uh, on occasions, and uh, then um, then I found out that their drummer was someone who I who I knew already for a long time. Ah, and um, but the drummer joined later because that that. That original old demo is with the drum computer, and it's uh, it it just adds to the pure sick atmosphere. It's just it's just it's really really extreme. But anyway, um, I found out that he played uh, later on the later uh, recordings, and so I asked him about uh, doing some reissues or uh, or uh, yeah, but. Um, the band was by then long and long split up, uh, but uh, I put uh, I was allowed to put uh, one song of them, an unreleased song, on a compilation, and then I wanted to do a reissue from this demo. Mm -hmm. um, but two of the three guys they got together and just figured, nah, I don't want to do a reissue. I want to write new stuff, and. Um, so they came up with with that album with the yellow cover, and uh, yeah, it's a uh, well, it's it's just basically just as extreme as then. Oh, is it? I I haven't heard the yellow cover one. I've ah, you yeah. have the black and white uh, cover. Oh uh, yeah, no, I ordered I ordered um Aunt Gravinus uh, Duisternis. Ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the demo. The side A is the yeah, demo. Yeah, and, yeah, that's what I, I was. We thought there was a drum machine. So what it sounds mm -hmm. like is like there's the demo side with the drum machine, which has these yeah. bizarre beats that almost sound like industrial beats. Yeah, it's sick. It's really. <laughs> it's... Uh, what's the word? Um, uh, like bothered. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's it's bothering me how extreme it is. <laughs> it's fucked up. Yeah, and on the yeah. second side, um. It's yeah. like there on the second side. It seems to be a live recording with drums. Yeah, correct. It's it's a rehearsal recording actually. Yeah, and so the funny thing is the rehearsal recording is by normal black metal standards way more polished and normal sounding than the mm -hmm. uh, demo. <laughs> yeah, correct. Yeah, the demo is really extreme in everything. Yeah, yeah, in every way. I, I feel like I like to dance to that record. I just put it on and stand in my living room, sort of bobbing around like a goblin. Uh I'll you know. uh, I'll tell the guy and he'll he'll come get you for sure because <laughs> <laughs> nah. opposed to dancing. So. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Um. But uh, and, uh, the other one, Voina, is also uh, it's basically the same story. The, the, this this exact demo. I was listening to it in uh, uh, ninety nine or two thousand or whenever it came out, and I listened to it just on uh, on occasions for 20 years and I just figured well all my tapes are, are wearing out mm -hmm. I'm gonna put this on, uh, on, on vinyl so I uh, found a way to contact him and um, yeah he said right away yeah for sure you can put this on uh, on vinyl and I was actually uh, in Poland uh, when I when this when I got these records from the factory Oh, cool. Um, so I uh, I drove to Poland to give to meet with the guy and give him his uh, his share of copies, 
And uh, yeah, that was cool. Yeah, so Voinar is like epic dungeon synth or something. Yeah, I think at the time that the word dungeon synth may not have existed, but uh, yeah. you could say maybe it's like a mix of dungeon synth and uh, and folk music ish something. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of for listeners. It's maybe sort of like somebody uh, somebody just took Graveland interludes and made a whole album mm. out of them. Yeah, but uh, like, but with more like, I mean, they don't just sound like interludes, right? It's not... Yeah, correct. I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's a classic fanzine question. Then, uh, what do you think about nowadays black metal? What's, what what are your thoughts on the now on on current trends or the current scene? It's, uh, mm. Be as rude as you want. <laughs> nah. Uh, well, the thing kind of is, I'm I'm not too. Yeah, I mean, uh, I have a label, so I, I I deal with a lot of people and a lot of bands every day, but. I kind of keep a distance to uh, to the latest hype and the latest trend and stuff that people are talking about now. They want it now, 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 and tomorrow uh, they all have already forgotten about it. So I would say my opinion about uh, the current scene um, is what I always uh, think is I don't... Um, I'm not too involved with whatever people like right now. And if people want to copy uh, uh, Watain or uh, Dead Spell Omega or whatever band that is hot right now, mm -hmm. sure, go ahead. But... Mm, uh, well, yeah, I just... I work with the bands that I, that I respect and like and... Uh, they may not uh, be uh, hip or uh, trendy or best sellers. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, yes. for sure. Mm. I, 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 um, I, yeah, like, like I said, I, I keep some distance in a way between um, everything that's going on, <laughs> maybe.
Wówczas rzecz trudna, łatwą ci będzie.